Welcome back, everybody. I'm speaking with another Alan. It's always a pleasure to speak to another Alan, uh, Alan Emrys, um, who is uh, from the other side of the pond, somebody who you can find on Netflix right now on Young Wallander playing uh, Gustav. So uh, check him out there and a few other films. Uh, if you're a fan of horror, you can find him in Host. Um, you know, all the things that, uh, that people really care about, especially in this terrifying time that we live in, why not scare, you know, the busy Jesus out of ourselves <laughs> even further. Uh, welcome to the program, Al. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here, man. Uh, it's, it's my pleasure. And thanks to Pop Alternative for, uh, for making the connection. We appreciate it. Always do. Uh, thanks, Pete. You, my buddy. Um, in terms of uh, acting, right? I, I, I listened, to, you know, doing my prep on you, I listened to some of the interviews that you have done and I kind of did some research and I haven't watched uh, Wallander yet. It's on my uh, actually list uh, to view. I'm getting close. I'm finishing up a series now. That's cool, that's, man. That one's yeah, it's it's in my genre. Uh, it's in the we genre. We all have huge amounts of lists of things to watch. I think, uh, yes. especially on with all our streaming services available right now, there's a, an abundance it's, of stuff available. It's tough, uh, and yet I still find myself rewatching some of my favorite shows just because I find that I have a little bit of time. Not well, maybe I had a little bit of time, not anymore, since uh, I'm doing you know an interview a day, and it takes about three hours of prep per person. So I usually. Yeah. <laughs> What's, what's your favorite shows, man? Um, uh, the West Wing is my uh, is my top uh, drama uh, on TV, and uh, you know I I didn't watch it when it was out, and then I kind of uh, I kind of started watching it a number of years ago, and then I've rewatched it since uh, a number of times. So West Wing, Billions, uh, in terms of drama, that's my number two. Um, I love Suits. I don't know if uh, again, kind of Suits went. Uh, because they were not in streaming, it's, it was on the uh, USA network. Uh, so here, yeah, it came over here, um, and then and then someone else came over here, and they married into things yeah. over here, and yeah. all that wonderful stuff. So those, and then I love uh, I love Psych. Um, you know, in terms of comedies, uh, so Psych is my favorite. I love Chuck, uh, and then you know um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Those are kind of my top three in terms of comedies. So you know, what about oh, you? Cool. Um, I, know. I, I like loads of stuff. Um, have you ever, I've, I've recently, I need to start watching it again. It's a really old one. I don't know if you've seen it. Shogun. So it's... Um, Show, showman or Shogun? Shogun. Okay. Uh, I've not seen that. I'm gonna it's it's about a, a, tr a guy who's traveling, trying to discover like a route to the Americas. And he's in the Dutch Navy. It's from like 1970. Cool. Um, and he ends up in the Japan's um and shipwrecked and his crew is him and his crew are taken uh, as prisoners mm -hmm. um in feudal japan and he, he ends up like discovering the way of the japanese culture and working his way through and um understanding how their politics work and how their culture works and how it's being influenced by catholicism coming in from spanish and there's a great line in it where there's a woman who says, yes, I'm Catholic, but I'm Japanese first, mm. which is a really interesting uh, mindset that they, they, they had back then. Yeah, interesting. And then again, I know, sorry for interrupting, I was just going to say, I know you have a karate background, um, so, you know, I, I don't know if... Yeah. 
for me, I, I watch pretty much every martial art film uh, I can get my hands on. So I don't know if it's the same thing with you, if it has some martial arts aspects or spirituality aspects you have to watch. Spirituality, yeah. I love, I love, so for me, martial arts was always uh, the, the physical element of it is almost secondary to yeah. the mental aspect of it. It's a mental discipline more than that, that is translated into a physical discipline. And um, so the, the style of karate that I trained was uh, wadokai or, or wadoru, depending on uh, which school of, uh, you've come from, mm-hmm. um, which means peaceful way. And obviously karate is a way of the open hand. So it, it's sort of this, I, there's a whole mantra, which I, I'm going to butcher by misquoting, which starts with like, um, speak before you shout and goes on and on and on and ends in like main before you kill. So it's always about doing the least amount of damage to end the situation that you, you possibly can, but to ultimately end the situation. Yeah. yeah. Um, it's that, that's the you know, type of philosophy that, uh, that drew me to uh, Tai Chi. And ah, nice. yeah, drew me to Aikido a little bit, and then I saw that as much as I, I like it, uh, you know, I, I fear that uh, the applications of it uh, in reality are not very good. So uh, I yeah, jujitsu. Um, yeah, I might, I might get a bit of a, a flack from every, every martial artist has their opinion. I mean, there's no such thing as a bad martial art, just a bad martial artist. Um, but I personally. I prefer jujitsu. I mean, Aikido and judo are offshoots of jujitsu anyway. They're just taking different schools of thoughts yeah. from jujitsu. Yeah, it's a, it's a fascinating world, martial arts. I love it. Uh, kind of, I, I got started in it as a kid. Judo was my first, by the way, and then um, have always been in it. Never kind of made it a full-time endeavor and a full-time pursuit. Mm-hmm. And that's why I always say that there are martial artists and then there are enthusiasts. So I definitely put myself yeah. in that category. Yeah, and you also you also have the a similar school for there are fighters and martial artists. You know, so, yeah. Um like a martial artist is probably nine times out of ten the last person to to want to fight because it's they they they're not they're at peace with with their own um uh anger, as it were. Yeah. Uh, and they've found ways to to channel it and and use it for positive things rather than destructive things. Agreed. Um, that's that's the part that I always enjoyed. To me, it was more the art, you know, the martial <laughs> work, the application of it, but it was the art and what's beneath it and how it affects me when I am doing it. Uh, you talked in one of your interviews, you talked about kind of uh, kata being the meditative state. It's a moving meditation. Tai Chi is the same for me at this point. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, very much. Wasn't, wasn't Tai Chi originally, uh, I'm, I might be wrong. You probably know a bit more than me. Um, was it originally used as, as a way of disguising martial art as exercise? It could have been. Um, again, so Tai Chi has a martial aspect to it and you can you can actually apply it to a fighting, but it's utilized primarily, I think, by people right now as, as just an exercise. And then mm-hmm. you know, an offshoot of that is you have the uh, Qigong, which is the, just the energy part of it. So everything is kind of tied in, but the internal arts versus the external arts. Um, you know, I grew up a uh, Bruce Lee fan. So for me, uh, when I put on, you know, a, uh, a karate uniform, which I have, and then I have a Taekwondo uniform and a Judo uniform, 
Uh, I like it, but I feel most me when I have my, you know, my Tai Chi or I, a uh, Kung Fu uniform. To me, it's just, energetically speaking, it, it's me. Uh, so so, I, so I you're, uh, you're more of a, a yielding energy than a contending. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about movement. And uh, if, um, you know, if you're a fan of uh, off show called Avatar, The Last Airbender, I don't know if you've ever watched I've seen that. it. Which is, which is I, I probably should, as, as a self-confessed nerd, I should probably watch it. You should, because it really marries the spirituality aspects with the martial arts aspects. And they do a really interesting job of kind of breaking up the different uh, parts of the different nations uh, you have the fire nation, so you have the more karate, if you will, uh, aspects of it. Whereas the, you know, the air nation, it's uh, tai chi. Uh, it's not exactly tai chi. There is another um, tai chi-like um, martial art, which now escapes me the, the name of it. But uh, they do really well in terms of uh, kind of marrying everything. It's it's fascinating. So kind of watching that, the name is going to bother me. I'll, I'll remember it before the end of the interview. Yeah, um, just halfway through another question. Yeah, uh, yeah. okay, I'm going to stop thinking about it. I'll just let it uh, come naturally. But yeah, I've always been, I, I want to do the least uh, to hurt the other person. Uh, I want to move out of the way. I don't want <laughs> them to get hurt. I don't want me to get hurt. That's why the idea of Aikido kind of uh, really intrigued me in that uh, sense. But then I think, you know, more of the internal arts uh, is, is my cup of tea, if you will. Hmm, fair enough. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I've always, I've, I used to have um, major anger management issues as a, as a teen and as a, as a young, young uh, preteen as well. So karate for me was, was really a way of, of, of uh, controlling it and, and knowing that I have this immense energy um, that can be used for like i said earlier something something positive rather than something destructive yeah. um and yeah being able to accept it because there's this huge thing that a, a lot of people tell you you shouldn't feel angry and you shouldn't feel this and you shouldn't feel that which i don't think is helpful i think every, everything you feel is is natural all, all feelings are natural there's a So you know, I had um, we had this conversation with the guy who was leading the uh, the meditation class, um, well guided meditation, um, and I spoke to him about how do you um, how do you, uh, ex you you're telling us to accept our feelings and accept all of our feelings, um, whilst also telling us to be present and peaceful and and, and trying to find harmony in, in ourselves. So how do we do that whilst also accepting um, rage and anger and jealousy and all what we perceive to be negative or bad emotions? Um, and he just talked about how uh, you just need to allow, as long as you accept those things and allow them to flow through you and, and realize that these things can be used for, for good and for positive things. It's good to be angry about, um, I don't know, how, how you, you are, how you feel politically, but say if there's something that you don't agree with that is happening in humanity, it's good to get angry about those things because if you don't get angry about it, nothing's ever going to change. You're never going to contend against it. You're never trying, trying to push to change these things. Mm. Um, if you, I don't know, if someone's trying to mug you, um, um, I'm not, and if, if, if you're backed up into a corner and there's nowhere else you can go, then of course you need to, you, you need to be able to, to fight for your life. These things happen. Um, 
but yeah, it's it's a case of of allowing yourself to to accept these feelings, and I find that that is um, a great thing through martial arts that a lot of people are able to do. Yeah, um, any kind of rejection, it's uh, you're you're denying uh, parts of yourself, so it's better to uh, yes, yeah, process that through my my you know meditation teachers and my spiritual teachers were saying observe uh, them like a cloud and the cloud goes by and along with that uh, you can release it so as long as you're not kind of uh, having it uh, inside of you and letting it uh, fester as long as you process through it understand uh, what's happening for me as an empath uh, there was a extra part to it of realizing that some of those you know feelings or emotions may not be your own maybe something that you just picked up uh, because you're around other people and being able to release that as opposed to try to figure out why the heck am I having these thoughts? So, mm -hmm. uh, you know, move that through. And that's, again, my, my philosophy, I think, in life is, is heavily influenced, influenced by martial arts from the perspective that it's all about flow. You know, the talks <laughs> flow, all the martial arts are flow. So it's that same flow of emotions. It's that flow of energy. And yeah. You know, be yourself while you know, removing other things that do not suit you. Yeah, and these, these kind of lessons are always transferable. Um, like when I was at drama school, because um, I went to the drama center, we, we, our, um, our main ethos was uh, a thing called character analysis, which was based on um, Jung philosophy uh, mixed with um, Laban dance technique. So the understanding of flow and energy productions. Yeah. So if it's free or bound, uh, is it is it time stressed? Is it is it uh, space? What what kind of space does it flow through? Um, and again, these things, these martial arts, uh, meditation, acting, um, cooking, everything. I so I, again, as you say about um, enjoying uh, the kung fu. Um, element of martial arts and that that side of, of martial arts there's a wonderful there's a great thing that happens in old. I don't know if you've ever seen like a really old uh, kung fu movie sure. and they say stuff like oh I want to test his kung fu mm -hmm. and and people have always assumed that that means I want to test out his kung fu his his martial arts his thing but his, his that specific skill but it's it's kind of that because kung fu literally I'm I might be slightly wrong, but just translates to skill. So you could have amazing Kung Fu in cooking. You could have great Kung Fu mm -hmm. in uh, writing. It's, it's a skill. So these, it's, um, I don't know where, I, I've lost my train of thought because I've got on a tangent there. But yeah, it's, it's, a, it's all, all these things in life are transferable, especially, especially martial arts. Um, and that's what I love about, like what we were saying about the, the art side of it rather than the break someone's arm side of it. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's knowing knowing how much it hurts when you get hit uh, really reinforces the point that I don't want to do that to somebody else because they will feel bad and then I will feel bad for causing them that pain because I know <laughs> what you know that feels like. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of that point of last resort. I have a you know almost eleven year old son who has some uh, you know anger issues as a lot of uh, kids uh, nowadays do. And I had him in martial arts. Uh, he was taking Taekwondo for a couple of years. I didn't get that aspect out yet. So as he's growing up, he's going to go right back into martial arts because I want him to learn that self-discipline and, hey, you never 
want to get into a fight unless it's a you know type of thing because mm-hmm. you know that you're gonna uh, you know talk badly to somebody you're gonna get hit in the face and worse and it's gonna hurt you need to know what a part of it feels like so you know not to do that again yeah yeah everyone everyone needs a slap now and again that kind of is that the best thought process <laughs> in a way because you know a lot of them kind of um and especially with uh, with this generation where everything is on the phone right and we can we can write whatever comments to to anybody across the world but uh you know you're going to see some of these people face to face and then what? now you know is that the kind of uh, person you want to be number one and number two what's going to happen when somebody actually calls you out on it and you have no way to defend yourself so he needs to you know as a man he needs to learn how to defend himself but as a person, he needs to know what it actually means and what um, the point behind all that. Yeah, and it's interesting what you say there about as a man, you need to learn to defend yourself. That's a societal thing that uh, I mean, I wish it wasn't the case. Um, but unfortunately, there's a, I feel um, in, in an amazing way, women have progressed leaps and leaps and bounds over the last hundred years. I mean, it's still a long way to go. Um, but they, they really have, and it's, it's wonderful to, to see. But men her emotionally, specifically, I mean, there's, just, there's a revive, there's a the sort of resurgence of, of it uh, for men right now about um, understanding your emotions and, and accepting yourself um, and, and um, this whole idea of toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. But in the grand scheme of things, men really haven't progressed very much in the last hundred years. So it's, it's really refreshing to see that it, that it is now starting to become at the forefront of things that, that we're saying that, look, it's okay for men to feel. Because I feel like that's where a lot of, of, of violence from men come from. And again, that's why a lot of my classes don't have it. It's, are taught in a way to accept their well to, to be able to accept and manage their their self themselves which which is a struggle for 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 a lot of men because of societal pressure um of what this whole thing what what being a man or be a man like what, what the fuck is that just just be yourself mm-hmm. if you if you associate as a then you're a man. What, what more do we need? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting, you know, it's an interesting thing, especially what's happening now. Uh, you have a lot of uh, aggression in the world, and then on the other side, you have a lot of uh, awakening in the world. And I think that, unfortunately, uh, and fortunately, is a part of the process of evolution. Is that some of this really needs to get processed out of the system while other new things uh, come into play. And that process is a painful one, but I think hopefully, at least the way that I see it, it'll get us to a better place where we're more balanced uh, as a people. And Mm -hmm. we'll find out. I mean, diamonds are are, are crafted out of extreme pressure. So let's, let's see what happens next. Yes, let's see. And um, I like how you alluded that, you know, acting has, uh, has a lot of uh, similarities to, you know, what we were just discussing, because mm-hmm. I believe that it does. 
And I was very happy to hear that uh, some of the uh, acting training that you were going through in drama school was utilizing that. And <laughs> because when you're on set, when you're trying to, uh, to portray a character, and by portraying, you really need to embody a character, you need to understand uh, not just yourself, but you need to understand energy. You need to understand intention. You need to be able to tap into all of that and then have a relationship with others in the same time. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, you do. Um, and I guess that that comes from, from listening, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, but then also like you, I don't, I don't like to, go, I, I like to, obviously you need to, you need to be playing an action and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so it's vital. I mean, it's, it's, it's human beings at, at times might not be doing anything, um, might just be existing, but as a character, they're always doing something. Otherwise, what's the point in watching it? Right. Um, but I feel there's a great lesson that I learned um, when I was at drama school from uh, a guy called John Beskitza, who is a phenomenal teacher. Um, and he said, uh, one of the first things he taught us was plan it, know it, forget it, do it. So there's this whole thing of, of, of yes, you should be vigorous, uh, rigorous in your, in your planning, in your all that sort of stuff. But then when you get there and when things are happening, at least stick to it. That you should, you should trust that everything that you've done, if it's worthwhile, will be there when you do it. And if it's not, worthwhile then it's not going to be there and it doesn't matter anymore yeah yeah um and again applicable to everything in life right so you know mm -hmm. when you learn certain movements and then when you get into an altercation uh you're going to flow with it and depending on what happens and uh that's why my personal opinion and i kind of discovered that in the process of doing these interviews is I think that as a part of the curriculum of drama schools, we should have uh, boxing uh, lessons because in a ring, you're really focusing on the other person and everything uh, that they do affects you. It's a perfect you know, parallel to what's happening in a scene. And if we learn how to do that, then we can flow much better within the scene. So um, I, I agree with, uh, with what your teacher was saying because you have to throw it out. You have to not pre-plan things and knowing that you already have done the work, it'll come when it's needed. Yeah, of course. Uh, again, I would, I would personally, uh, just, just coming from an acting background and having done um, stuff, uh, well, I am an actor, so of course I come from an acting background, but having come from a martial artist background, I would introduce more something like capoeira uh, into, into acting training over boxing because because yeah. as an actor, you kind of need to be uh, in, in tune. I'm not saying that boxers aren't mm -hmm. in tune with their whole body, but the freedom of that movement for, for a capoeira um, person. And also it's, it's about filling the space, um, which, is, which is a really uh, interesting, interesting concept. And, it, and it's a bit more, you know, yeah. flowy, upbeat, and, and it has a an element of joy to it, which I think all acting should have. It doesn't matter what you're doing. It should, have, it should always be joyous um, for the actor, even if you're, uh, it's difficult to, to articulate because obviously if you're in a painful scene and it's a painful moment for you, it's still gonna be painful, but this is strange sort of, it's painful, but still joyous, mm. you know? I don't know how to, how to how to articulate that it's something that only other actors would probably understand or people who have done it before yeah 
Um, I, I want to follow up on that. Uh, very interesting talk about capoeira. Um, the the only thing that kind of comes to my mind, and I, I like all of the aspects of it, is that uh, in capoeira it's always accompanied by music. And yes. If we get to that point, you know, is it going to be something that we are so associating with that in a scene we will feel like <laughs> we need some music? I don't know. Oh, no, I don't think so. I think it would teach you to 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 um, allow to allow yourself to be affected by the external circumstances. Okay. Yeah. Um, Interesting. Because obviously, if if you're if you're boxing, this is another thing. A, a boxing is about dominating the other person mm -hmm. whereas acting isn't even if even if your character is there is an element of you that is having to be like okay well what what am i giving them and what are they giving me and how we how are we working together to mm -hmm. make this thing so i feel like capoeira training has that it's sort of like okay well he's going there so i'm going to go here and we'll always be filling this space and dancing uh, with each other, which is which is what beautiful acting is, in my opinion. It's yeah. Okay. Sorry, um, I get I get I go off on tangents and no, no, no. Uh, me too. Yeah, uh, because uh, you're you're right. Uh, boxing is more dominating. Uh, although again, there is offense and defense, but um, they you know my tangent immediately went to uh, to Wing Chun and the practice of uh, you know hands. Uh, Sticky hands. Yeah. Um, that would be that would be also interesting because that it's all about kind of uh, flowing, giving, and, uh, and anyway, moving on. Uh, so back to back to the acting uh, part of it. You you mentioned something that uh, actually I haven't heard too many people uh, talk about, which even in a painful moment there is a moment of joy. Now, um, mm -hmm. how did you discover that for yourself? I am. It was, it was when I was about 18, 17, 18, something like that. And I was doing a, I was doing a one act play with my mum that my mum had written. Mm -hmm. And I was, there's a, a vanity in this because I was nailing the scene. I knew I was nailing the scene, okay. but it was a moment of, of, uh, my character was a drug addict uh, alcoholic who'd just taken an overdose in an alleyway and throughout through the play he he's discovered that he's talking to his mother in the alleyway uh, and has been searching for her for a very long time and it's just unfortunate that it's at the moment that he's taken this overdose and he's he's dying and and there's this moment of him talking with her and and asking these questions and having almost like having closure, but it's incredibly painful. Um, and I, I knew that I had the audience. I knew that they were, that they were part of it and that we were together in this and that, that they were enthralled by this story. Um, so as much as it was incredibly painful for me to go through this, there was also a moment of, it's not just me that's going through this. We're all sharing this. Um, and, and there was just, there was another thing from, uh, I can't remember the actor, it may have been Anthony Hopkins, which is blasphemous to say, might have been him, um, who said that it should all, if you're not enjoying yourself, then the audience will know. So it, it's one of those things where if you watch, if, if you're watching an actor and you can tell that they're bored of the script, 
it doesn't matter how much effort they're putting into yeah. selling the story. If, if you can tell that they're bored of it, you'll be bored of it as well. Cause it's, it's not, it's, it's like a, a chef, I guess, who is making uh, an incredibly complicated and delicate recipe. Yes. He's probably stressed that if I do one thing wrong, or if I get this temperature just wrong, it's going to fuck the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. But, he's still enjoying what he's doing or she's enjoying what they're doing. The person who is making the meal yeah. is, is still enjoying that process. Yeah. That's, that's very interesting. Uh, I'm going to look up and see who said that, you know, uh, it certainly sounds like uh, Anthony because everything that I've seen him do, uh, you know, my, my head is now in, uh, by the way, the, <laughs> the martial art was Bagua. Uh, Bagua. See, I told you it happened. I'm going to throw a question. Um, uh, Every role that kind of in my head that I'm thinking of uh, uh, Anthony Hopkins, uh, you can see enjoyment in everything that he's doing, regardless of how dramatic that uh, that role is, which many of his uh, have been. Um, Yeah, I certainly could be, but I'm going to look that up. That's that's very good and a great, a great, things that many as they're watching they're going to see and you know talk about adding layers uh naturally not just you know oh i have to be angry and then i have to enjoy it and then i have to you know all, all of that you know pre-planning and uh, and uh, mind uh, over performance uh, stuff should not be involved but if you can find the joy in that uh, drama i think that'll add so much uh, to uh, to the character i yeah, delicious. Yeah, and again, and I'm hesitant to say it because it's not my place to say. But if you're not enjoying it, then don't do it. Acting is is tough enough as it is. Yes. I mean, like I, this week alone, I've I've been doing uh, I had not uh, a chemistry read and a, and a meeting with a director and uh, an acting workshop. And I mean, the acting workshop alone, I had. Uh, I got given the script it was six pages long and the only time I had to learn it was two hours last night, which was, which was immensely stressful. Mm-hmm. But if I didn't, if I didn't love it, I wouldn't do it. So if you're not finding enjoying it, then, then find something else that you find joy in and do that. Just do whatever makes you happy. And I think that's the best, the best actors in the world. When you, when you see them, that you, you can tell that they're, they love what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's that's why you watch it. It's just like well, it's like uh, it's, it has a similarity to watching a child play. It, there's a, there's another lesson I got that I, I really stuck with me growing up was to be childlike and not childish. Just this this fascination with 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 your surroundings and and whatever's near you and and everything should just be incredible. Like the, the, someone gives you a. a piece of cake and it shouldn't just be like oh this is nice like gee this is the best cake i've ever had in my life why did you get it what is this who who did this what think things that there's enough there's enough in the world that makes you feel like shit so do your best to whenever you can do what makes you happy perfect my drop of of uh of pithy quotes yeah no, I love that. That's, that is perfect. Yeah. Um, 
I want to ask you a little bit about uh, some of the projects that you've been working on, just because from an acting sure. perspective, it's interesting. Um, you know, on your IMDb, you know, pro, it talks about, uh, you know, Johnny English. Uh, you had a tiny, uh, you know, part in it. Uh, I know it was supposed to be bigger and then, uh, and then kind of the role got, uh, got cut. So from a pure acting, mm -hmm. and acting profession and a career learning experience perspective, that's where I want to, uh, come at this from of, you know, this was your first, uh, your first kind of gig out of uh, drama school. Um, you know, it seems like a huge opportunity to be a part of the movie with incredible people who you grew up watching, who I grew up watching, and then you do a good job, and then you, after the first day, they say, hey, we've written the rollout. What was the process like of getting over that and learning and, you know, moving on? It was, it was hard at first, because it was the first job. Um, so it was a bit of a, a a kick in the guts uh to be to be told that um but then my agent which, who is phenomenal phenomenal um jonathan at, um, identity was on the phone with me and he explained look that they wanted you to know that this was nothing to do with your performance it was purely a physical um mismatch of what well, physicality didn't work was the, the words that he used um so yeah, it kind of taught me that this, these things aren't personal, you know, it's, it's a business and it's a cutthroat business. It really is. Um, and there's a great lesson from, from Brian Cranston, um, who says, it's not your job to get the job. It's just your job to give them an option. And I did that. I did my job and, and they, they paid me for my job. Um, and then I, I just, I feel that a lot of young actors, myself included, get so caught up at moments and times in their life where acting is their everything and it becomes it's it's tedious it's tedious for your for your emotional well-being it's tedious for your for for your soul it really is that there is more to your life than, than acting um i can't remember the author who said it but there's um it talked he talked about um never describe yourself as um as a verb is it as a verb I'm also dyslexic, so I might have got that wrong. Um, but yeah, the, the, you're not, I'm not an actor. I'm not Alan, the actor. I'm Alan and I act. Because otherwise, it, like that moment, it did really hit me in a, in, a, in a really bad way when it happened. Because I was like, well, if I'm, if I'm not acting, then what am I or who am I? And you have a bit of a moment of identity crisis. Like, well, if I'm not acting and if I'm not doing an acting job and I'm an actor, then, then I must be a failure. You know, and that's not healthy. So it's better to, to you, you can do if you, there are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of actors in the world and mm -hmm. probably about a thousand of them make it. So if your if your obsession is becoming about always working as an actor, then then you should really stop and uh, not stop acting. It's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying stop. I'm saying stop and, and take take sort of stock of, of your life and realize that there is a large chance that you probably will not make it in this world as, as an actor. Mm -hmm. um, so do things that will make you happy alongside it. Like I love cooking. I absolutely adore cooking. Um, probably a bit too much when I was growing up because I was a bit of a fat kid. 
Um, but I love it and I love cooking for other people. Um, and I love, I love metal music and I love art and like going to the cinema and, and being playful with my family and, and all these different things. And these things all bring me happiness in the world. Um, so yeah, I, I, I fear a lot of, uh, this, this is what that, that really taught me is to focus more on the fact that my entire identity and life does not revolve around me getting an acting job or me being employed as an actor. Um, because also that's just, just too much pressure to put on yourself. I mean, it really is. There are so many variables and so many things that are out of your control. You know, I've, I've done about, let me, off the top of my head, since drama school, I've probably done about 200 auditions, um, realistically, um, probably more. And I've only had a handful of jobs. I mean, Wallander is my biggest so far. And, and along, going alongside all those things, I mean, I'm still ambitious and I still want that I'll put it into the universe. I still want an Oscar by the time I'm 40. Um, this gives me 11 years, but I also have to, there's a strange thing of I'm having it and I want it and it's going to happen. Whilst at the same time, there's another part of you that has to say it might never happen and that's okay. To, 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 what was it? Hold on tight, let go loose. These are, these are wonderful things. Like I'm, I'm, I'm fully aware there is, there is a, there is a slim chance. Brush the dust off my shoulder. There is a slim chance I might never work again. It could happen. Um, I might, I might, something may happen to me where I'm unable to, to be an actor anymore. So I need to accept the world as it is whilst trying to change it. Um, and that's, this is one of the reasons why I wanted to, uh, to have you on the interviews, because as I started doing research, I saw that, I saw that uh, perspective, I saw that level of maturity. And um, for as painful lesson as it was, how great that you had it at the beginning of your career, because now it allows you to look at things from a... Oh, yeah, 100% your perspective and uh, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, that you've made the right uh, conclusions uh, after yeah yeah it's it's a it's a thing this seems to do an audition just let it go forget about it I did funny one so this happens now and again mm -hmm. uh, I auditioned for a project about a year ago uh, I can't say anything about the project because it's still all under wraps um, I auditioned for the project a year ago, uh, assumed, no, I haven't got it. Fair enough. Mm -hmm. um, and then my agent called me out of the blue about a month ago and said, Alan, cast your mind back to uh, this time last year. Do you remember uh, auditioning for XYZ? And I was like, yeah, great. Because they've offered you a different role in the same project. And I was like, right, from, from a year ago. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there's, Still, they're still casting, they're still going. And I was like, oh, well, great. But this, it's just, you just, you just have to kind of let these things go. They'll, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. Just do, do everything you can and then, and then let it go. Put it all out into the universe and, and let, let it come back to you. What's meant to come will come. Yes. Um, do it for the love. 
do it because that's that's who you are that's what you enjoy doing and you know it it'll happen or it won't but it'll happen in the way that the universe intends for it to happen yeah um, yeah of course difficult lessons to learn but uh you're much better and much more well-rounded uh and a happier and a healthier person when you do learn those lessons yes yes it's uh, yeah and and i just i genuinely really hope if anyone listens to this and they've they've not gone through that to please just just take it on board that it's not it's not always your fault yeah um yeah i i had to learn those lessons and uh, some of those lessons i'm i'm learning still and just had uh over the last few months uh, learned additional uh depth of those lessons and having yeah. come out of it I, feel much better. I mean i mean once you stop learning you're dead so yeah, yeah. I, 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 <laughs> I want to continue learning as much as I can. So, um, you know, talking about Wallander, the cool thing with Netflix is that, you know, you're a part of a great show. Uh, you're doing a great job, you know, from the things that I've seen on it. And now the whole world uh, watches you. And it's, does it, and you're, you're, you're really well uh, kind of grounded uh, person uh, already. But now you have this where, you know, it's a number one show in certain markets and uh, it's top 10 and many others. Uh, and mm -hmm. you feel like, okay, I'm getting to that next part in my career. Uh, is there a part of you that says, you know, you still have to let this go as well and continue working? Or is there a part of you that says, okay, I've arrived to a certain level, let's spring from here? Yeah, I allowed myself a week. Okay. I did. I allowed myself a week of like being on top of the world and be like, I'm on Netflix, I'm on an international show and all these different things. And uh, I, I, I visited Sophie Holland, the casting director, and I took her a bottle of, uh, of, of some sparkling stuff mm -hmm. and some homemade brownies and had a bit of a chin wagon to sit down and like, oh my God, it's coming out tomorrow. And we caught up, which was really nice. Um, yeah, I... I <laughs> Yeah, I, yeah, my ego, my ego inflated a little bit. I'll be honest, it did. Um, and then, and then I let that go. And then I was like, okay, well, back to the grind now. Like I can't just rest on my, on rest on on this. Um, because yeah, like I said, I want, I have ambition. I want, I want to do bigger and better things. Um, yeah, and so I, I actually today I went to my first acting class since drama school. Um, and fell flat on my face, um, completely failed, didn't do very well, from my own personal opinion, like um, very critical of my own, uh, well, not, not critical, but very like, you know, I have a way that I, I, I have an expectancy of myself and I didn't meet it, so I was disappointed in myself. And I think that was a good thing for me. It kind of, it was the end of the sort of, um, I'm, you're only as good as your last performance, which was a good thing because my last performance was Wallander, which yeah. I was happy with. Um, and then this one, not so happy with. So it was a good sort of weighing it back up again and going, okay, well now it's time to get back to work and to, to do some more stuff. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't ever, I don't ever want to become an actor who, uh, just rests on his last performance. Um, I want, when I was a kid, I want to go back. Okay, we keep going back to martial arts, but I've learned a lot of my life lessons from martial arts. When I was a kid, I won a karate competition. 
Uh, I was the free fighting uh, year 2000 uh, uh, club champion. Um, and I came back to the class. The, so the competition was on the Saturday or Sunday, something like that. Saturday, because I remember I had, I had a day where we could celebrate. And then I came back to the class on the Monday and my instructor said, oh, great. So you, uh, how has it been being champion then? And I was like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like I'm the best fighter in the club. And he's like, you were on Saturday. Today's a different day. So you're not, you're not champion anymore. You're champion for that day. Well done. And, and huge congratulations. You did a good job. But now you've got to get back to work. You've had your moment. You've enjoyed it. Now, now crack on and go, go back to it. Um, yeah. And I kind of, I want to, I, that kind of stuck with me growing up. Um, so yeah, I don't, I don't want to let myself, uh, uh, I don't want to allow myself too much of, um, too much of an ego. Yeah. It doesn't, um, it doesn't serve, it doesn't serve my work. No, I, I, I agree with you. So again, good approach. And, uh, you know, uh, the lesson out of, uh, out of all of this is uh, martial arts is good for the development. <laughs> and, martial arts is good for life. Yes, everybody should be doing it. A um, few more questions uh, before we wrap up. Um, you know, the different projects that you've been on, and again, you know, uh, there's more coming up. If you had to pick one that was instrumental in you uh, believing that this is something that'll be so useful for your career as an actor, not from the exposure perspective, but you know, this lesson I'm going to take with me forever. Well, what was that? And what was it about? Um, there's a couple, mm -hmm. there's a couple. Um, there, there was the, one of the first ones was, um, working on uh i used to be part of a company called the helder center a repertory company back in wales and i was, was when i was a, from like the ages of 11 up and it was always shakespeare they were doing it was taught by mira stanford smith who was an ex-guild hall mm -hmm. um graduate and she kind of she was the first person to sort of show me that this isn't just a fun and frolic it is that it is that as well but it's also this is um this is a this is this is a career this is an art form this is this is a discipline this is something that you can really uh leave your mark on the world with if if you if you if you do it properly um so that was the first sort of thing that made me like see that this is not just a bit of fun mm -hmm. it is fun but that's not all it is. There's it's so much more. There's this whole world to it. Um, and another one, which is just from a purely sort of um, uh, practical acting lesson, was when I was in uh, in drama school. I was being directed by a director called Seb Harkham. And at the end of the class, he he tore me to absolute shreds over my work. So that to the point where it was it was painful to hear it. He, I was in one of the best, I thought I was in one of the best drama schools in the world. It must be all right. Um, but he, he tore me apart and told me, um, look, if you're not doing something, then I might as well be at home doing the washing up. Why am I watching you? Um, if you're not doing something, it's dull. His exact words. If you're not doing something, it's dull as fucking ditch water. And I was like, right. 
okay. And then from then on, I was like, okay, well, you, you have to be doing something. You can't just say the words. The words, the words are there and the writer has put them there for a reason because the character is doing something. Even if you're just saying hello, it doesn't mean that you, not, you have to become like, oh, he's saying hello. What's his backstory? There's this huge, deep, meaningful, like, tortured artist thing. No, but if you're saying hello, then, then say hello. Like, greet the person or, or, or welcome the person or do something, affect the other person in the room. Tell the story of what that is doing. Um, yeah, they're two of the sort of more um, sort of influential things. The other one for me is uh, David Bowie, um, who talked about um, never play to the gallery, which is like never try and meet someone else's expectations of this, whatever it may be, because you won't feel you're like you've done your best, your work, your thing. You won't own your interpretation of the character if you just you'll feel a bit like a puppet of of either a puppet of the audience or a puppet of the director who i'm lucky enough not to have worked with directors like that yet but they they exist there there are people out there who uh don't want to allow your creative freedom um and you don't want to work with those people so Mm. so don't bother Mm. just just be yourself and tell your tell your tell your own truth um but no yeah tell just tell tell your be you there's no one there's there's no other you even as an actor there's only one one alan emerus there's only uh there's only one johnny depp don't try and be johnny depp yeah good idea always um and that may go into kind of the the last uh, question for you is you know, after you talked to your agent, uh, you know, a little while ago about what happened on Johnny English, um, if you from right now had a chance to travel back in time for a few minutes and give one piece of acting advice to you, um, you know, getting those news, uh, that news from your agent, what would you say? Your agent is not going to drop you. (laughs) Good advice. It, It worried me for a long time. I and I've been I was told that by lots of different people like your age you weren't signed to get work you were signed because your agent saw something in you and and believes in you and I mean there are agents out there who just want to make a quick buck because they think that they can get you cast Mm -hmm. but I'm lucky enough that my my agent is not that um and he really wants me to succeed and and to do good work and he will pull me up if he thinks I'm not doing good work um, but yeah, I, I, I struggled for a long time because I wasn't getting jobs. Um, and that adds a pressure on you that you, you think, oh, if I don't get this job, I'm going to get dropped. And it's not the case. You, you might be signed to one of the, the, the top agents on the planet and not work for three years. But that doesn't mean that they don't believe in you any more than they did before. Um, again, then that, that plays into the... I probably wasn't getting those jobs because I was worrying about getting the jobs and trying to, and, and, and missing my own life lesson from David Bowie playing to the gallery. Very cool. Uh, it's the first time that I've ever had, uh, you know, somebody say that advice and I love it. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's a pleasure having you on. I, I did want to talk to you about your cooking. Actually, I do want to ask you one more question. Uh, okay. My nephew is a chef and he's, uh, you know, uh, I hear the same passion. Uh, when I talk to him about cooking, but 
uh, one dish that you love making that you think is your signature dish that if you had one thing that you could cook for somebody, it would be it. Ooh. <laughs> oh, that's a cruel question. Can I, okay, does it have to be one, one dish or one like meal? Fine. You, you have the meal up there. Go ahead. Thank you so much. Okay, so to start, tortilla soup. Have you ever had tortilla soup? It's phenomenal. I'd never, I, the Harry Biker's cookbook taught it to me. It's amazing. I love Mexican food. So tortillas as a, as, sorry, not tortilla, tortilla soup as a starter. Mm -hmm. um, some fresh lime and, and all that. Yeah, ooh. Um, ooh, yeah, what would I do after tortilla soup? Mm. Mm. A really, really good margarita pizza. Okay. Nap Napoli style margarita pizza. Mm -hmm. um, with fresh, fresh basil. Uh, with red wine has to be with a really good red wine, uh, a nice, uh, like a uh, Grand Reserve Rioja. Um, doesn't have to be expensive. Note for everyone out there, go to Lidl's. They have amazing wine, it's really cheap. If you're in the UK, if you're in the States, just don't buy American wine. Um, and then to finish, ooh, a, a, a fresh chocolate brownie with a Coffee, espresso chocolate sauce and some real like real vanilla ice cream okay maybe uh -huh. maybe a follow-up after that was as a second dessert as a cheese board and wine and sit around and, and watch a movie yeah um sit and watch wallander uh and you know might, might as well give uh, give people something uh something to watch uh, there uh that has yes watch, watch young wallander drink wine and uh, and have a good night yeah um, thankfully, I'm in Chicago, so uh, I get uh, plenty of chances to uh, to eat Mexican food. We have wonderful Mexican food here. <clears throat> Large. Not just in the states. I know you guys have got like you're literally right next to Mexico, so you have like the best kind of. Oh, it's like it's like me being right next to Europe and having that food. You've got all the Mexico. Oh, I'm, I'm so jealous. Yeah. Um, Chicago being a metropolitan city, uh, even though we're we're not close to the border, we have just, you know, a kind of a wealth of uh, culinary traditions uh, from all over the world. We have, you know, top French restaurants. So we have uh, a lot of Asian cuisine. We have, you know, Mexican uh, uh, food. So it's, it's a lot of different styles. So if you, when you get a chance to, uh, to come and get your Oscar in LA, stop by in Chicago on the way uh, from UK and then uh, experience uh, us for a bit. I need Chicago style pizza as well. I've not had that yet. Yes, it's the proper pizza pie. Yep, it's this thick, uh, you know, in Chicago, there are a couple of places to go to. And uh, I'm going to mention a couple of them. I'm not saying which one is best. So people feel free to comment if you like. Okay. But, you know, uh, try Eduardo's, try Giordano's, and uh, I'll give you one more, uh, you know, Pizza Uno. Um, so I swear my barber told me about Pizza Uno. Mm -hmm. He's, he said he's never had any pizza any better than that well chicago style pizza anywhere in the world they're they're all good and again they all have their own kind of um uh identities uh, if you will and I, I have my preferences i used to work for giordano's so i think i'll, I'll kind of be partial to giordano's yeah it's the, it's the italian the italian culture isn't it that they uh they take 
it's the it's the family recipe yeah the family tradition it's a, it's a one every italian every italian grandmother makes the best food every single one of them yeah the thing with uh, with food by the way is that when i went to italy and i had all of this you know because i grew up uh, on italian food i love you know all sorts of italian dishes and then we went to uh, to florence and it was similar it was different in venice and it was completely different in rome um and some of the things that we're used to you know people were looking at us like are you kidding you know uh when we're talking about lasagna it's you know what what mother does at the end of the week because she just grabs whatever is in there and uh, puts it together you know was we're thinking lasagna and i'm expecting you know in restaurants to have the olive oil and bread you know on the table and they don't do that because they do it in the US that doesn't you know that's not authentic italian so we mm. had a lot of you know things that happened to us that we were uh uh surprised by when we actually went to italy and went to real you know italian restaurants okay be honest how much limoncello did you drink in italy uh not enough no exact good answer no, good enough. answer villa uh, massa villa massa limoncello that's the best one my, that you can get outside of Italy. My favorite part of Italy though was uh, was having gelato on every corner. And then we went to Spain <laughs> after it and I I knew that something was missing. It took me a little while to understand, you know, what was missing and it was that I didn't have my gelato on every corner. I couldn't just, you know, go and eat it every single day at least a few times a day. Oh, pistachio pistachio gelato is yes. Yeah. Amazing. With lemon sorbet, uh, sorbetto, uh, being kind of thrown in because I want uh, all sorts of flavors. Anyway, um, thanks, Alan. It's uh, it was it was really a pleasure. Um, you know, best of luck to you. Uh, I will watch uh, Wallander and I'll, I'll you know reach out to you, let you know you know my thoughts. Uh, oh, please do, man. That'd be very that'd be very much appreciated. Well, do and then I uh, would love to talk to uh, to your partner. I know she's an actress as well, so she's most yes. Well. I will I will run into the living room after this and inform Rodina Drandova from Host. Yep. Tag and stuff for you guys to to come and do an interview with you. And and by the way, I haven't done a ton of prep on her yet, but uh, based on her last name, uh, it sounds Eastern European. Uh, where is she? Yes, from? she's from Bulgaria. Okay, that's that's what it sounds like. Uh, so tell her I'm a, I'm a former neighbor. I'm from Ukraine. Are you from the Ukraine? Ah, oh, wicked. Well, uh, yeah, I know she can. She, I, I'm sure she would absolutely love to come talk to you. Okay. Well, thanks, man. Appreciate it. Have a good night and uh, stay safe out there. You too. Stay safe, man. Thanks, and thanks to everybody for tuning in. We appreciate it. As always, these conversations take their own turns, and that's why we love it. And thank you for tuning in, as always. Thank you.